Worship in the World is a screen-free worship experience brought to you by Downtown Church. Downtown Church is a community of unfinished people based in Columbia, South Carolina. We believe in asking honest questions while we strive to follow Christ within our own communities, loving people wherever they find themselves on their faith journey. Thank you for being with us today.
Pray with me, please. Holy, loving God, we assemble to worship you. We assemble to celebrate you. We believe that in this place you have made room for all, and we pray that all feel welcome and received and accepted. And we believe that there's room for our diverse needs and varying interests and range of emotions that are in this place. And wherever we are emotionally and spiritually, we pray that this morning we are all drawn closer to you. In the name of your Son, our Savior, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Please stand and sing with us. Just a closer walk with 
prayer of admission can be found inside of your church program. If you look in the dictionary, the word opportunity is defined as a set of circumstances that makes something possible. A set of circumstances that makes something possible. And this circumstance is made possible because of the sacrifice, the life, the love, the death and resurrection of our Savior, Jesus the Christ. Let us, those who choose, take this opportunity to admit and confess our falters, followed by a moment of silence. Together, Jesus, you desire the truth from us. So often we give you half-truths or full lies. We hide all or part of ourselves from you and from each other. Help us to live honest lives. Help us to turn to you for our forgiveness and for our new life in you. Family, there is good news. We are forgiven. We are loved. Rest assured and be assured we are forgiven. Let us forgive each other and love each other in the name of Jesus. Amen. May the family of Grayland please come forward for the sacrament of baptism. you are a kid and you have a hard time seeing, or if you're an adult and you have a hard time seeing what's about to happen, you have my permission to stand on your chair, to come forward, to find an aisle. It's important for us to see this visible sign of invisible grace. This morning, Kimberly and Jason present their daughter, Graylin, to receive the sacrament of baptism. 
Today we boldly proclaim that Graylin is a recipient of the covenant of grace. In baptism, God claims her as God's own, welcoming her into this family of faith and as a citizen in the kingdom of heaven. We are encouraged, all of us, that in no stage of life are we ever alone. Graylin, may you always remember that you are not alone. Your parents, your church family, and Christ are always with you. Hear these words of our Lord Jesus Christ just as he delivered to his disciples after his resurrection. She's going to tell you too. All authority on heaven and on earth have been given to me, Jesus says. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Teach them to obey everything I have commanded you. And lo, remember, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. By water and through the gift of God's Holy Spirit, we are made members of the church, the body of Christ, and joined in Christ's ministry of love, peace, and justice. So let us remember with joy our own baptism as we celebrate this sacrament today. Kimberly and Jason, having heard these words of Scripture, I ask you the following questions. Do you profess Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? And relying on God's grace, do you promise to live that Christian faith and to your best ability to share that Christian faith with your child, do you? Do you, as members of the Church of Jesus Christ, promise to guide, to support? She is ready. <laughs> Do you promise to nurture Graylin through your words and your actions? With love and prayer, will you encourage her to know and to follow Christ? And will you empower her to be a faithful member of this church? If so, say, we do. Let us pray. God, we know that life is not easy. And to follow your son, to follow Christ, is to die alongside him. But to follow Christ is also to be resurrected with him. So when the world seems hard to Graylin, when this church and their parents and her friends and family fail her, we give you thanks that you do not. We give you thanks that your presence will never leave her, nor will it leave any of us. God, we give you thanks for this water of baptism let it seal your child and welcome her into this kingdom of undeserved love, grace, and abundant life. Amen. What is the Christian name of your child? Hey, Graylin. Oh, yeah. I know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You ready? Oh, you like Charles. You want Charles to come closer? Charles, can you come closer? Graylin, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray. Loving Holy God, we thank you for this precious child and for the love, hope, and joy she's already brought into our lives. As she is baptized today, we ask that you pour out your blessings upon her. May Graylin grow in your love and grace, and may her life be a testimony to your grace, goodness, and mercy. We pray that you guide Graylin in all her ways and that she always seeks your will above all else. May she know wisdom, instruction, courage, and understanding. And may she know the innocence, fun, and joy of being a child. Bless this child, her family, and all those who surround her with your peace and love. 
In Jesus' name we pray, amen. amen. Friends, this is the greatest news. Grayland has been received into the one holy Catholic Church of Jesus Christ through baptism. God has made her a member in the household of God to share with us in the priesthood of all believers. I encourage you during the holy interruption to come greet Grayland. She's a good time. <laughs> Welcome her as our newest sister in Christ. Our scripture reading comes from the Gospel according to John, chapter 4. Verses 5 through 19. Listen now for God's word to you. Jesus came to a Samaritan city called Sychar. It was near the plot of ground that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. And Jacob's well was there. And Jesus, tired out by a long journey, was sitting at the well. It was about noon. A Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. His disciples had gone to the city to buy food, so presumably he was there alone. And the Samaritan woman said to him, How, how is it that you, a Jew, ask a drink of me, a woman of Samaria? You see, Jews, Jews do not share things in common with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, if you knew, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, sir, you have no bucket and the well is deep. Where do you get living water? Are you greater than our ancestor Jacob who gave us this well and his sons and his flocks who drank from it? Jesus said to her, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But those of you who drink the water that I will give them will never be thirsty. The water that I give will become in them a spring of water gushing up to eternal life. A woman said to him, sir, give me this water so that I may never be thirsty or have to keep coming here to draw water. Jesus said to her, go, call your husband and come back. And the woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you are right in saying I have no husband for you have had five husbands and the one you have now is not your husband. What you have said is true. And the woman said to him, Sir, I see that you are a prophet. The word of God for the people of God. The title of today's sermon is The Puzzle. The Puzzle. We are going to approach this story as a puzzle. And when you start a puzzle, what do you do? If you're like me, you take the whole puzzle and you dump it on a flat surface. And then you take the time to turn over all of the pieces so the picture side is face up. And then you might take a few minutes to kind of sort through and get all of those edges, pieces, you know, Push those to a side and then just begin working on those to create the boundary of the picture. So at least you have some sense of the framework, something that to work with. 
today we're going to approach this story as a puzzle. And the picture on the puzzle is eternal life. And like the woman of Samaria, Jesus will just keep giving us pieces to the puzzle so that over time, maybe a lifetime, you and I were piecing them together to try and see that bigger picture, eternal life. Let's take a look at the story. A woman from Samaria approaches the well, and Jesus is already there, resting. Jesus asks her for a drink of water. This is the first piece of the puzzle. And it definitely doesn't make sense on its own. No puzzle piece does. It does not make sense to this woman why Jesus is speaking to her. In those days, Jews did not speak to Samaritans, but Jesus does. He offers her a puzzle piece, and y'all, she takes it. She could have ignored him. She could have walked away, but she doesn't. She engages him. She says, how is it that you, a Jew, are speaking to me, a woman of Samaria? Now this woman, she has a bucket. She has the ability to draw water for him, but she knows that she shouldn't. Per their cultural customs, if she were to draw water and hand it to him, he, a Jew, would consider that dirty water. He shouldn't take it from her. He shouldn't drink it from her. And so she asks him, why? Why do you want water from me, she says. And he says, if you knew. If you knew the gift of God, if you knew who is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him. And he would have given you living water. Now, I don't know why Jesus is speaking in third person here. He's a mysterious guy, okay? What I do know is that he's giving her more pieces of the puzzle, at least four. One, there's a gift of God for her. Two, it's a person. Three, you can ask for living water. And four, he will give it to you. That's a lot of good pieces. But they don't quite fit together, not yet. There's more missing. She furrows her brow to try to figure it out. And she realizes something. She realizes that Jesus gives her more puzzle pieces each time she asks questions. So she goes in for more. She points out to him, sir, you don't have a bucket. The well is deep. Where do you get living water? Are you greater than our ancestor Jacob who gave us this well and his sons and the flocks who have drank from it? Y'all, this woman is smart. She packs in more than one question in a question. She gets as much information, as many puzzle pieces as she possibly can. And Jesus responds with this. He says, everyone who drinks this water from the well will be thirsty again. But everyone who drinks the water I give them will become in them a spring of water gushing forth eternal life more puzzle pieces. For one, he clarifies that this person is him, speaks in the first person, thank you, Jesus. But it's still confusing. It's like trying to put together a really big, like, thousand-piece puzzle when you don't have the cover picture. You don't know what you're working on. You just have the colors and the shapes before you. 
I could see her thinking in her mind, what is this bigger picture? Is it a well? Is that the main point? Never thirst again? Does it mean that somehow this well is so deep that it's never going to go dry? Or is there something else going on? Maybe the larger picture isn't a well at all. Maybe it's a natural spring and she smiles. Oh, she would love to sit like under a canopy of trees by a natural spring instead of out in the sun by this well. But she wonders about his words to her. He doesn't seem to be describing something external. How would the spring come from within her? And then she holds that last piece in her hand. What is eternal life? What is eternal life? She's never heard those words before. And she realizes, looking at this one puzzle piece, it's never going to make sense on its own. So she, she gets back to work trying to piece it together with the other pieces. She needs more, so she asks him, Sir, give me this water so that I might never be thirsty again. And Jesus holds her eye contact. She is curious. She is eager. She may not know what she is asking for, but she wants that eternal life. And Jesus beholds her faithfulness and replies, go, find your husband, come back. She didn't expect this. She draws back. She doesn't realize that she is going to have to provide some puzzle pieces. So she takes a deep breath. And she musters up the courage. And she tells him the truth. I have no husband. This might be the most vulnerable thing for her to say. This woman has had a hard life. Jesus shows us the puzzle pieces she's been holding. She's been married five times, which means she's either been widowed five times or she's been discarded five times. Can you imagine the heartache? Can you imagine the financial burden? Remember, women of those times, they didn't have a way to make their own way in the world. She could not own land. She could not earn money. She may have kids that she's trying to provide for. We don't know. All we know about this woman is that she chooses to come to the well at a time when she knows no one will be there, which tells me she doesn't want to be around any crowds. Perhaps the side eye and the hushed gossip of others has become too much for her to bear coming to the well in the morning. Perhaps she can no longer take their pity it's telling that she faces the heat of the day, which is dangerous to be alone at the well. Well, Jesus, he sees her vulnerability and he affirms it. He says, you are right in saying I have no husband. What you have said is true. And with this response, Jesus is just handing out more puzzle pieces. He knows her. How? She hasn't a clue. Furthermore, he sees her as more than mere facts. Her identity as a child of God, it's bigger than any of those facts. Her identity 
as a child of God, it's bigger than the fact that she's a Samaritan or a woman or a person who's had five spouses. She is a child of God. Therefore, she is worthy of the gift being given her. She's worthy to see this greater picture Jesus is about to reveal eternal life. Remember those edge pieces of the puzzle? The ones that create the boundary of the picture? Well, it turns out Jesus is expanding that boundary beyond what this woman can see. And those pieces, the ones that she really doesn't like, having five husbands and all the rest of the heartache that entails, they have a place in this larger puzzle. There's a moment of clarity in this story that gets me every time. It's Jesus' celebration of her honesty. Jesus doesn't expect her to tell the truth. He understands her shame. He understands why any of us suppress or hide certain parts of ourselves from each other. But when she doesn't do what he expects, he celebrates her. He says, you are telling the truth, exclamation mark. Y'all, how often do we get an exclamation mark from Jesus? He's excited for her and us to figure this out. So Jesus responds to her curiosity. He answers every question she asks. He wants her and us to allow the pieces of our lives, especially those pieces that we would rather forget about or leave discarded. He desires for us to help to see how those help us see the whole picture. Y'all, long before Jesus was introduced to humanity, God has been using flawed humans to bring about the kingdom. Jesus never expects us to be perfect or socially acceptable or without sin. In fact, none of us can come before Jesus without some shady piece of our story. The beauty in talking with Jesus is that he already knows those parts And he celebrates when we're honest about him. I know you're wondering about the picture on that puzzle. I am. And we won't know what this woman saw as her conversation with Jesus came to a close. But I have a feeling that she knew who she was talking to. He's more than a prophet. And as she came to see who he is, she also could see who she is a child of God worthy of the gift being given to her. She sees this eternal life, this spring of water, this new life in Jesus is a conversation with Jesus where she can bring every part of her life, every care, every worry, every failure, every dream to Jesus. And her prayer life, it's this spring gushing forth from her eternal life. All of us are trying to piece together the puzzle pieces we've been given. All of us are bringing our life story, our hopes, our dreams to the table. And all of us are asking this question, Jesus, what do you have to do with me? And though I can't promise you that Jesus will give clear answers, that doesn't really seem to be his way. I can tell you that he's giving us pieces that we need. 
And that each time we read scripture, each time we come here to worship, each time we open our mouth or our minds to pray, he is placing another piece in our hand to help us figure it out. Though the kingdom is the same, each of our puzzles are very different. They're unique to us, to our life story. And just as the pieces Jesus gives this woman of Samaria are unique to her life, so too the pieces given to each of us are unique to us. I want you to look under your seat and find a puzzle piece. And if you can't find a puzzle piece, I want you to look for a kid nearby (laughs) because they probably have some in their pocket. And if you're standing or if you're seated in the back, there's more on the cookie table. I want everybody to grab a puzzle piece You got one. Show it to me. Yeah. I love that everybody did that. Thank you. All right, I want you to place it in your hand. You got another one. He is ahead of the game. I want you to look at this puzzle piece, and I I wonder if this week you can find 15 minutes. Just 15. I know that is hard to come by. Maybe that 15 minutes is as you're sitting in carpool or as you're preparing to go into surgery. I want you to find 15 minutes. And I want you to be like the woman at the well. I want you to ask questions of Jesus. I want you to ask him about those parts of your life that don't add up. I want you to ask him about your your dreams and your desires, I want you to ask him about eternal life. And I want you to see what other puzzle pieces Jesus gives to you. But watch out. Because what might begin in just 15 minutes with one puzzle piece might be a spring of life that gushes out of you. Thanks be to God. Amen.
Today we get to ordain and install new elders, so I invite our clerk, Wes Hickman, to join the stage with me to serve in that effort. We are called into the Church of Jesus Christ by baptism, and we are marked as Christ's own by the Holy Spirit. This is our common calling, to be disciples and servants of our servant Lord within the community of the church. Some are called to particular service as ruling elders, and as teaching elders, which we also call pastors. Ordination is Christ's gift to the church. Ordination assures that ministry continues among us, providing for the ministries of caring and compassion, not just for the church, but for the whole world, ordering the governance of the church and preaching the word and administering the sacraments. Representing the one holy Catholic and apostolic church, the session of downtown church, now ordains Kristen Horn, Pete Strom, Jason Tompkins, and Alice Adams to the office of elder and installs them to active service. I invite you all to come forward. We've never done that before. <laughs> Let us pray. Eternal and gracious God, we give you thanks. In countless ways, you have revealed yourself in ages past and have blessed us with signs of your grace. We praise you that in baptism, you give us your Holy Spirit, who teaches us and leads us in all truth, filling us with a variety of gifts that we may proclaim the gospel to all nations and serve you. By your Holy Spirit, renew us now that we may be empowered to do your will and to continue forever in the risen Christ, life of Christ in whom with you and the Holy Spirit be all glory and honor now and forever. Amen. I invite y'all to come a little bit forward. I have many questions for you. Do you trust in Jesus Christ as your Savior, acknowledge him Lord of all and head of the church, and through him believe in one God, Father, and Holy Spirit? If so, say, I do. Do you accept the scriptures of the Old and New Testament to be, by the Holy Spirit, the unique and authoritative witnesses to Jesus Christ and the church universal and God's word to you? Do you? Will you be governed by our church's polity and will you abide by its discipline? Will you be a friend among your colleagues in ministry, working with them, subject to the ordering of God's word and spirit? Will you? 
Will you in your own life seek to follow the Lord Jesus Christ, love your neighbors, and work for the reconciliation of the world? Will you? Will you seek to serve people with energy, imagination, intelligence, and love? Will you? Will you be a faithful elder, watching over the people, providing for their worship, nurture, and service? Will you share in government and discipline, serving in governing bodies of the church? And in your ministry, will you try to show the love, justice, and peace of Jesus Christ? Will you? Good job. And for the congregation, do we, the members of the church, accept Jason, Alice, Pete, and Kristen as elders chosen by God through the voice of this congregation to lead us in the way of Jesus Christ, do we? We do. Do we agree to encourage them to respect their decisions and to follow as they guide us, serving Jesus Christ who alone is head of the church, do we? We do. At this time, I invite you all to just come around the baptismal font. And if you've been ordained as an elder in the church before, I invite you to come forward and to place your hand on these others as we pray over them. Let us pray. God of grace, pour out your Holy Spirit on Alice, Kristen, Pete, and Jason, that they may be your faithful elders in your church. Give them prudence and sound judgment, wisdom and courage to order the life of the church in obedience to your word. Nourish them in the life of the Holy Spirit, that they may exercise the ministry of discipline with humility and compassion. Guide them in governance on this session and in every court of the church, that they might be servant leaders following you, Christ, who came not as one to be served, but to serve, and to give his life to set others free. Give them joy in their walk of faith and a sense of your abiding presence for the work of their ministry. In Jesus' name, amen. Kristen, Alice, Jason, and Pete, you are now ordained elders of the Church of Jesus Christ and installed as elders of this church. Be faithful and true in your ministry so that your whole life will bear witness to Jesus Christ. Alleluia. Amen. At this time, I invite all of us to stand and to affirm what we believe using the words of the Apostles' Creed. Beloved, what do you believe? I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let's stay standing to sing. Give me that old-time religion, give me that old-time religion, give me that old-time religion, 
enough for me. It was good for Paul and Silas. It was good for Paul and Silas. It was good for Paul and Silas. And it's good enough for me. Give me that old time religion. Give me that old time religion. Give me that old time religion. It's good enough for me. It was good for the Hebrew children. It was good for the Hebrew children. It was good for the Hebrew children. And it's good enough for me. Give me that old time religion. Give me that old time religion. Give me that old time religion. It's good enough for me. It was good for my dear mother. It was good for my dear father. It was good for my dear brother. And it's good enough for me. Give me that old time religion. Give me that old time religion. Give me that old time religion. It's good enough for me. Give me that old time religion. Give me that old time religion. Give me that old time religion. It's good enough for me. It's good enough for me. It's good enough for me. Fifteen minutes. Ask your questions of Jesus. And as you go from this place, may the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the interruption of that Holy Spirit may it be with you and with all those you love and with all those nobody loves. Go in God's peace. Amen. If you feel compelled to support the church financially, you can give a secure gift online at downtownchurch.me forward slash give.